Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Funny Astronauts. I'm one of your hosts, Garrett Reisman. And I'm the other host, uh, Mike Massimino. And uh, we had a guest uh, our last in our last episode, Mike Good Bueno, and we liked having him so much that we asked him to come back again. And so we're kind of trying to be uh, three funny astronauts. And remember, we're not saying we're funny people, we're just funny for astronauts. So welcome back, Mike. Thanks for coming back. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you I know, can't believe you're you willing to come back again after that last episode. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a very, very brave. I'm, I'm a very slow learner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also, the other thing I'm worried about is to see you mentioned in the last episode that like he is like our one listener. Um, you yeah, know, nobody thinking, listens. as we record these episodes, who's listening now? I, I, I think <laughs> we maybe got, it's we a, got no audience. It's no. a marketing. We have the audience come on the show. Whoever's listening comes on the show. <laughs> and then their job is to find another listener. And then they come on the show. That's and then that's the way we'll do it. And we'll build. As long as, and our goal a, is to have pyramid, more listeners. It's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Right. We, we want our goal is to have more <laughs> listeners than episodes. That's what we have to do. We want to come. <laughs> that's, what, that's what our goal is. That's good. It's a marketing scheme. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get my wife to listen and my kids and maybe my mom. So this thing could go exponential. I think it's. Wow. Wow. I can think of like Boy, that's, two or three people so that like, might want to listen. So shooting for the stars like, on uh, that it's one. Like Am- it's like Amway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that. Uh, but we, we have we have Mike back because he had so many uh, so many good stories that we wanted to keep going and get some more of them out. Uh, get some of them out there so people can the two or three people listening can enjoy them. Uh, and so. Where do we want to go, Mike? We we had a chance to uh, to fly together on one twenty five, and that was your first flight. Garrett was your second flight, where you were a veteran. But uh, what was that like getting assigned to your first flight? Oh, it was so exciting, and I I just remember. Well, you guys know it's there's such a mystery. I don't know how I ever got selected to be an astronaut, right? Um, there's a lot of mystery into what goes on there. What are they looking for? Who do they you know? Who are they going to pick? Um, you know, we talked about the interview process and all that stuff, but then once you get selected to be an astronaut, then the next big thing is like getting selected to be on a crew to get assigned to a mission. And so, you know, we'd been there quite a while and, uh, there were starting to be some rumors about this Hubble mission and that they were going to, um, they were going to assign the crew pretty soon. It was going to be any day. And so I was sitting in my office, um, you know, minding my own business there at my little, you know, desk and, and laptop. And I get a, I get a call from the, the corner office, you know, where the, the chief of the office sat. And this is how you get notified. They call you in one at a time. They don't like bring the whole crew and they just tell you one person at a time, hey, you're going to be on this crew. So they call me, I get this call, you come on down to the corner office. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to get assigned to the Hubble crew. This is awesome. So I go walking down there as cool as I can and walk through the door, check in with the, uh, the administrative assistant there at the desk. I said, hi, I'm here. I heard uh, you guys want to talk to me about stuff. So and she says, oh, yeah, thanks for coming in, Mike. Um, and she hands me this piece of paper and it was for a urine test. So, <laughs> this is the same way they told you that you got picked to randomly to do a pee test, you know. So she's like, "Here, here's your piece of paper. Go pee in a cup somewhere." And and that was it. So I I was crushed. I was like, "Oh my gosh, 
I thought I was going to get assigned to a, a space mission, and they just want me to pee in a cup. <laughs> maybe well, that was, well, maybe that was a prerequisite. Are, uh, maybe. But two things there. One, you said you don't know why they selected you, but on the last episode, uh, I think you gave us the answer, which is that the other guy was scared of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, of course they're gonna pick you yeah. you're not scared of the monkeys yeah yeah i was not afraid of the wizard of Oz. no so <laughs> yeah i made yeah. the cut and then the other the other thing is you say uh uh you know they call you down one at a time they don't do it in front of the whole crew you know why that is because you might say no you might say yeah, you, okay you want me to fly with that reesman guy no forget about <laughs> it and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings that they, they, they check with you first that's why they do that i don't know if you knew i that. know it's like but, but that yeah do you remember getting? Go ahead. Do you remember getting selected, Mike? Uh, you remember them calling you up? Yeah, no, I had uh, my. Well, what happened with one one story similar to yours, Mike? Uh, that I'll tell. I'll tell quickly. Uh, I'll try to tell quickly. But you, what you what you said reminded me of uh, was probably I we were in the office for a couple of years, and they were always getting me and Rick Mastracchio mixed up. You know, we asked like how. Because we had similar last names, we were in the same class, and people asked me how did I get selected. I think because they thought I was Mastracchio. They weren't used to long Italian names that began with MAS, and they're like, "You're not the same." And people, you know, the thing with Rick was he's such a nice guy. He was such a great astronaut, right? People would go to him, would go to Rick, and, and you know they would come to they would get us mixed up. So they would come to me, and I remember when I first started, Rick had worked in the office for a while, and they and some guy came up. I don't know who it was. He said. Came up and said, hey, great job you did with the STA on that software fix that we had a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I didn't even know what the STA was at the time. But they thought, I was, and I didn't know what to tell. I was like, oh, thank you very much. So I was getting credit for stuff I didn't even understand. And I think Mastracchio was getting, like, people calling him looking for money. Yeah, hey, you always, you know, what is this guy? What? So I didn't, it really worked in my favor. But uh, it was, it was like, an, I guess we, we were there for a few years. And, and our class, you know, similar to your classes, it took a while for us to start getting assigned. And uh, the rumor, you know, there was kind of these rumors going around. And I thought Rick might be going on one of those missions with the with the station where, you know, the, the station build got kind of got delayed. And so they started inserting flights. Remember that? Like the dot flights, 2.8.1, 2.8.2, that kind of thing was going on. Yeah. So I kind of thought he was going to get assigned, you know, and, and uh, they called me up. Right. It was it was from the and it was over an F it was from FCOD. It was like Tammy West or someone like that calls up and says, Hi Mike, how are you today? And I go, I'm okay. Am I you know, am I in trouble? And she says, no, but why aren't you over here? And I go, uh, why don't you why don't you check if I'm supposed to be over there? Because the rumor was they were gonna make this <laughs> and I was like, This is happening again. So I the phone goes silent, right? I don't she goes to check and then she comes back. Sorry, Mike, wrong, wrong guy. And she hangs up on me just like that. <laughs> so then Charlie Precourt, who was in, you know, the chief of the office at the time in that meeting, years later, I got to know him as, you know, we became friends. And I asked him, whatever happened with that? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, she comes in and says, I've got Mike Massimino on the phone. They're like, why? And she goes, is that? And he goes, no, it's Mastracchio. So they were trying. I almost got his flight because our names were so similar. So You should have just gone. Why did you ask her to check? Yeah. Just show up. <laughs> no, I knew better, Garrett. They would have. They would have eventually known the difference. Believe me, they would have said. It what, might take in? them a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 how many of these guys? But we used to get mixed up all the time. I went to vote one time, and they were chicken. They thought I was him. I used to get his mail. It was. Uh -huh. They just. It was just in New York. We had plenty of people with a long Italian last names. Or one of them, but yeah. in Texas, not so much. So anyway, but eventually, Mike, you got the call to be on. Uh, we all got that call that same day. I guess it was Halloween. 
Remember? I, I think it was Halloween. That's right. It was when Halloween. We all, when we all were picked, we were all told that we were going to be on that flight. So yeah. that was kind of exciting. And then and then our training experiences began, which were were, were uh, very challenging, but also a, a lot of fun, too. And uh, you're a big baseball fan. Garrett and I have talked about our baseball experiences. You, of course, mm-hmm. a Cleveland Indians fan. And uh, and a big baseball fan, so we got to we had some baseball experiences together too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So part of our, you know, we trained a lot of our training was at the Goddard uh, Space Flight Center in in Baltimore, Maryland, or up there in Maryland somewhere. I don't know which. But uh, while uh, we're Greenbelt, Greenbelt, Green Maryland. That's right. Green Thank belt. you, Mike. Um, I remember Baltimore though because we got invited as a crew to go to the Baltimore Orioles baseball game. And they wanted us to throw out the first pitch. And I think their idea was that we were all seven going to throw out the first pitch all at the same time. You know, balls going everywhere. And uh, and Scooter was like, no, that's a bad idea. We're not doing that. And then so then they, they the natural, obvious choice would be for Scooter, the commander, to throw out the first pitch. He's the boss, right? He's in charge. But he had had a bad experience from the last mission where the, he had done something similar. And he threw out a first pitch at an Orioles game. Well, you know, the, 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 the Orioles are the, the mascot is a bird. It's the, it's an Oriole. And so Scooter's throwing out the first pitch from the mound at the game. And the, he's throwing to the mascot though, to a bird, not to one of the baseball players. So the bird is there and he's got a glove or something. He's going to catch it. And at right in the windup, Scooter's getting ready to throw it. And the bird, well, the, the mascot, his eyes are on like the side. So to be able to see Scooter, he kind of has to go like this to look out the eye hole <laughs> to catch the ball. But to Scooter, it looks like he's not looking at him no more. And so Scooter's like, ah, he didn't want to hit the bird with the ball. So he tries to hold up and he just spikes the ball into the ground. It was the worst first pitch ever. So he, you know, he's got this scar tissue. He's like, no. No first pitch. No, wait, 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 wait. He, he got booed. Wait. He got let booed. Me, let me hold on, hold on. He got booed. Right. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because I I heard that Scooter told me this story himself. Okay, and I've heard this before, and I bought it too. I'm like, oh yeah, the bird turned his head so he could see, so he could catch, <laughs> and that's why you hesitated because you didn't want to hit the bird in the head. I get it. Uh, and then you know, one day I was walking like a, like a year later. I'm walking around Disneyland, all right? And I'm looking at all these mascots. <laughs> the eye holes are all in the front, okay? They have to be, because otherwise, how would they walk? You can't walk like this all the time. The eye holes have to be in the front. That whole thing was an ex- it was bullshit. <laughs> That's an excuse right. that Scooter made up just because he bounced it. And he it, it, to, to, to kind of like save face and defend himself. He came up with this elaborate story about the eye holes in the side. There's no eye holes in the side. Well, let, let, the eye let, holes let, are always in the front. Well, I was an eyewitness to this because I was on the you crew. You were there, with right, Matt? You were there for I was there right next to him. Yeah, and, Mike, it relates to what you ended up doing because what, what I was worried about with him, I remember hearing about first pitches for the first time from Brent Chet, and he said he threw one out. at, And Brent Chet was yeah. a cool dude. He was just, nothing could shake this guy, right? We both knew him. Uh, he was a space shuttle commander, great guy, just a cool cucumber, right? Just cool guy. Nothing I think could ever rattle him. He told me that he, he threw a pitch out in Baltimore for the Goddard Space Flight Center, you know, years earlier. This was when I was a new astronaut. He was telling me this story. And he said Davey Johnson was the manager of the Orioles and threw him a baseball. 
and said, will you sign this for my kid? And he said, sure. This is after he threw the pitch. And he said, his hand was actually shaking a little bit. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Your hand? I mean, my hand shakes when I'm, you know, eating lasagna. <laughs> this guy, you know, is, is going like, to you. So I remember that, like, if this thing could get this guy, and he goes, I'm telling you, he goes, I was a little, you know, I was a little nervous. I can't believe that Brent Jett would ever get nervous about anything, but it was a, throwing that pitch out could do that to him. So when Scooter's going to throw true. it out. It's true. What's that? You know, um, I, people ask me, like, what's the scariest thing I ever had to do as an astronaut? And the easy answer to that question definitely is throwing out a first pitch. There you are. It's way more scary than anything else right. we ever did. It's terrible, which is why if you mess it up, because there's so much pressure on you. We're, we're so competitive, obviously, all of us. You, want, you, you don't want to bounce the ball. You don't want to embarrass yourself. And you will do anything to avoid that, including making up some cockamamie story about whoa, 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 eye holes whoa, whoa. being on the side yeah, of the whoa, whoa, whoa. head. So here's right. what. But, right. So, so Mass, let's tell them about what what we did. So you're, I mean, what you did, yeah. Because so, yeah. so Scooter didn't practice because right. I was saying you got to practice, and he refused to practice. So and Scooter, I dragged him out there, and he was not practicing. And yeah, he got out there, and the thing with the bird did happen, and he bounced it, and he got booed. And someone came up to him and said, "I hope you can fly the space shuttle better than you can throw a pitch." And it was, I was traumatic. So Mike, then what happens when so, it's your turn to do this? So Scooter's not doing it. So I, I actually used to be a pitcher when I was a kid. So I'm like, I mean, I actually became an astronaut to throw out a first pitch. That was my whole gig. You know? Like I wanted, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a baseball player or a police fan, you know? So, but it, it became pretty obvious when I was young that I wasn't going to make it to the bigs, you know? So I was like, I want to throw out a first pitch. This is my only way to do it. You know, I've got to be an astronaut. So I actually, um, I was thrilled to get this chance. And, and I hadn't even flown yet, I don't think. So uh, Scooter, Scooter picked me and he's like, but he gives me the ball and he's like, Don't, do not screw this up. You know, this is, this is important. Do not screw this up. And so we're at Goddard uh, tra- at training. Um, but... We got the game that night. And so I go, Mass, I got to warm up. I got to practice. And so we we decide we go to, a, as we're driving from the hotel into Goddard, I see a local high school. I go, Mass, let's go back to that high school. They must have a baseball field. And I'm, we can throw there. I want to throw off the mound. I got to get, I got to warm up to right distance, everything. So I had brought a ball with me, I think, or we somehow we got a ball. I, we had our gloves. Yeah, we had we our brought gloves. our gloves. We were prepared. And we so, weren't going to let this happen again. So I'm pitching, and and Mass is my catcher, and we're warming up, and I'm throwing to him. And I'm I'm throwing I'm throwing hard. I'm trying to like throw a good pitch in there, and I want to get warmed up. But we're just on the side because on the field is the baseball team. The high school baseball team is out there practicing, and they're in our way. <laughs> And so finally, I'm throwing on the side, throwing on the side, and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. And I'm like, Mass, I got to get out there on the field, you know? And so we just decide, I walk out there and I talk to the coach and I said, hey, I'm throwing out the first pitch tonight at the Orioles game. Can I throw a couple here to your guys at batting practice, you know? So he says, yeah, sure, that's great. So, um, you know, I get on the rubber and I'm, I'm throwing some, I'm throwing batting practice now to the high school team. And uh, and really getting in some good uh, good warm ups, but uh, and and it all paid off because that night, you know, at the at the game, it went well. I didn't uh, didn't bounce it in. I think it was a strike. Um, so it was a strike. And I had the whole You're crew prepared. is there behind me. They're they're heckling me. I, you know, I got the bird. I got all this distraction. But yeah, it was the most. Who caught it? Who caught it? Um, a player. I don't I don't remember who caught it now. 
It was a player, was, though, right? I don't it, wasn't, think it, was, it wasn't the bird. Yeah, it the was bird, I think, was next to us. Yeah, because then after one. that, after yeah. I threw it, then the bird like grabbed Megan. <laughs> yeah, remember she, he like assaulted yeah, her. We had to save Megan from the bird. Megan from the bird. He was like <laughs> grabbing her. It's like it was terrible. But you were really out there on the limb because if you bounced it when you're thrown to a player, you can't make up some baloney story about a bird with eye holes on the side. <laughs> Well, we weren't going to let that happen again, Garrett. Yeah, but that was my, that was the whole reason, you know, I I became an astronaut uh, was to to throw out a first pitch. And uh, so. Didn't you take that ball with us on the flight? Didn't you, uh, and use it again or something? It wasn't, you kept that ball had a, had multi-uses. Yeah, that's the rest of the story is that, um, so I wanted, you know, I'm from Cleveland, a big Cleveland Indians fan. And so I wanted to throw out a first pitch at an Indians game. And I actually, um, our family knows the, uh, the owners, uh, the Dolans, great family and, and uh, owners of the Cleveland Indians. And so I was talking to him after I got selected to be an astronaut, I was talking to him and I said, hey, my dream has always been to throw out a first pitch at an Indians game. And he says, this is like the story you guys t- t- told the first time. They're like, he's yeah. like, have you ever flown in space? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> no. He says, call me when you've flown in space. So as <laughs> soon as so I take that ball with me on the Hubble tough. mission, I have a ball with me. So it's flown in space now. And I go back to him after we land. And I said, Mr. Dolan, guess what? I flew in space. How about, uh, you know, how about let me throw out a first pitch in an Indians game? And he said, yes, he was very gracious. He was just uh, so he set me up at. I understand. I understand his reluctance because, you know, you're talking about Ohio. They have a couple of famous astronauts there. They got like uh, Neil Armstrong, yeah. like John Glenn. Yeah, there's right? a couple of guys. And here you come along. Like, I haven't even I haven't yeah. even like left the ground in there. Like, you want to throw the first pitch. That's a little presumptuous. <laughs> it was very presumptuous. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> but it was pretty cool when I finally got to do it because my mom and dad were there, my whole family and all my high school buddies were there. And they were actually, there was a bet going on. There was a pool. They had a side bets going on. Like the over-under was 60 feet, right? Because <laughs> the, the pitch is 60 feet, 6 inches. So they were all betting. Yeah. And they were all betting the under. They thought for sure I was going to bounce it in there. But I, uh, you know, I proved them all wrong and uh, threw a strike. It would have been so funny if the if the owner was like, um, oh, you want to throw the first pitch? All right. So uh, were you the first man to walk on <laughs> <Yes>. the moon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. First American to orbit the Earth? No. No. Come back when you've done that. (laughs) But he was very kind. He was very gracious. uh, So I always appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. I remember, so training training wasn't always uh, a a ball of laughs, though. I remember it was hard sometimes. I mean, some of the Sims were uh, pretty tricky. The stuff that they made us do was kind of crazy, huh? I know. And, and we so Garrett and I sat next to each other on the flight deck. Uh, we had the commander and pilot up front and then we sat up there with them. We were like the, the flight engineers up there on the flight deck. Um, and Garrett was to my right. And we had, uh, you know, we would back each other up. We had uh, different jobs. But and the sim, some of the simulators in the training were just crazy, you know, because we weren't practicing the normal, easy stuff. We were practicing these far out contingency cases. So I remember there was this one where we had we were trying to do like fly manually coming back from space. And it's all about managing your energy. And so you have to, you know, calculate the bank angles. And normally the the computers do all this, but it was like the computers are out. And so we had to like do algebra. We had to do math, not just in public, but at Mach 25 in the, you know, in the cabin of the space shuttle. And I had to like take these 
you know, two numbers and subtract them and multiply by this and divide by this. And, and I was trying to give uh, Hawk, the commander, a bank angle to fly so that we wouldn't die. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that we wouldn't burn up and die, wrong, die on reentry. Yeah. And so it was it was important enough that Garrett was assigned the task. Make sure he doesn't screw this up. You know. <laughs> and so I'm doing all these calculations and then I would give him a number and Garrett would be backing me up. And if I was screwed up, he would he would say, wait a second, you know, so that, you know, and get the get it right. So I'm doing this and uh, and undoubtedly I was uh, screwing it up. And so I was giving them numbers, but it, it really depended on that was constantly changing, too. It depended on when you stopped and took the, you know, pick the numbers off the displays in front of you. And so if I started at a different time than Garrett, that we might come up with different answers. But I was given answers and then Garrett was given his answers. And it was just a, it was pandemonium. It was confusion. Hawk was pissed. He's like, just give me a number. <laughs> And so I was getting pissed too at Garrett. And so I said, hey, Garrett, just concur with me. Because what I wanted him to do was just say, yep, that's a good number. But So don't come up with your own number. Just tell me I'm right. That's all I need to hear from you. So the whole, the whole rest of like for forever to this day, I still get teased all the time because they say, your job is to concur with Bueno. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? So this keeps coming up. Every That's time all... that uh, there's a disagreement yeah. between Garrett and I, I said, I turn to him and I say, look, Garrett, just concur with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, even, this even like this, this played out over the course of time. This like this, this was a running gag. So like much later on, uh, I had already left NASA and I went to work at SpaceX and uh, and Bueno over here was still at NASA, but working no longer as an active astronaut at this point. He was a management guy, and he was on the selection board that was part of this procurement. So it's when they have this big program, the commercial crew program, which was going to be billions of dollars on the line to a private company to fly NASA astronauts into space. And as you all know, SpaceX was one of the – and Boeing were the two that were selected – but we were competing at the time, and I was representing SpaceX, and Bueno was across the table representing NASA, and we couldn't like even talk to each other. We couldn't be friends anymore. It was really difficult because we're good. Obviously, we're good friends, but we couldn't even like call each other on the phone because this whole process is sacrosanct. You know, it's like, it like a blackout. They, they, they right? Keep it like yeah, it was, it was illegal. Like we could get thrown in jail for this, right? Yeah, we could <laughs> if we were like if we were trying to game the system or anything. We can get in big, big trouble. So we, I had to find some way to to break through those. So like at one point he's up there presenting on behalf of NASA in this official presentation with this ballroom full of of contractors hanging on his every word, and he said something, and then and then they said, okay, now we will take comments from the from the contractors from the the private companies. So I stood up and said, I have a comment, and then they said, yes. I said, I just want to say that I concur with Bueno. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> it's a little late. <laughs> I needed the billion dollars. I, of course, I was going to concur with you. What do you? <laughs> oh gosh. So I was joking yeah. that I, we could, you know, we could go to prison. But uh, that reminds me of uh, of some prison, f- funny prison stories that we had from from this funny crew that we were on for one thirty two. I thought we were not going to talk about our time in prison. That was like the ground rule. You're not, you're not talking about being in the no. airlock that night, are you? No, no, nothing. All right, nothing about that. 
Um, nothing, nothing happened there. Nothing happened. But I, there. I remember there's a couple of uh, prison stories. Were we driving by a prison at some point uh, after, like, we were tra- on travel with the crew? Yeah. I remember we all flew our T-38s as a crew. So we flew in formation in these T-38s, which is, I really miss doing that. Those things were amazing. But yeah. uh, we landed in Dallas at Fort Worth Alliance Airport. And we're, we get into, we, we got out of these, like, supersonic capable T-38 fighter trainers. And we pile into a minivan, right? So, that, so it's quite a come down to reality. But we borrowed this minivan from the from the from the uh, from the airport so we can go get lunch. And we're piling in the minivan. We're driving out of the parking lot all together, all all, all six of us on the crew. And we're passing. And right there is a prison. We're driving by a prison. And I'm looking out the window, and I just made the comment, like, "Oh, that must suck." <laughs> <laughs> And and Antonelli, Tony Antonelli, our pilot, looks at me and he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, he goes, "Why do you say that?" And I'm like, "Well, if you're in prison, like you can't like decide what you want to eat. You can't be like, oh, you know, tonight for dinner, I really want to go out and get pizza, you know, or or Chinese food or something. You got to eat whatever they give you. If it's meatloaf, you got to eat the meatloaf, you know." And and he looks at me and all you guys started piling on me and mocking me. They're like. That's what you are afraid about. <laughs> That's what bothers you about prison is the food. It's like, really? What about, you know, prison. other things that happen yeah. in prison? The showers. And uh, uh, the showers, the, the uh, you yeah. know. All that. But that's, you know, again, and, uh, Garrett, but this is back to all these Navy guys, right? When they're out on the boat, right. that's the same thing as being in prison, right? They don't get to order <laughs> pizza or, you know, pick, they don't yeah. get to pick their menu. Huck was like, you know, on the boat, that's what it's like every day. Yeah. If they're serving the meatloaf <laughs> in the, on the boat, you eat the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. So, yeah. yeah. But the other prison, the other, the, the other time, uh, the other story we have about prison. Yeah. And I know I'm making a bunch of our uh, a bunch of other astronauts out there really nervous because <laughs> when we start telling prison stories, it opens up a can of worms. A lot but, of um, them, a lot of them aren't funny. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> that's true. But these are good. That's right. So I can tell the yeah. So the other one, th- th- this is like when I was at SpaceX, especially during that when I was uh, leading our proposal team for commercial crew, and you were on the source board. Both of us were working like crazy. That was an incredibly intense period, right? And there, there's not really a lot of comedy in that because. Because really, that was one of the most excruciatingly painfully stressful things I've ever done as a professional, right? It was really hard and working really, really long hours and a lot of stress. And I remember uh, I landed there at Orlando Airport because I don't have a T-38 anymore, so I have to be I have to fly on Southwest. And I landed there at, at, at Orlando, and I get my rental car, and I'm driving to the Kennedy Space Center. And right there is a prison <laughs> as you get on the, the, the B-line to go down to the KSC. <laughs> And I'm driving by that prison, and I remember this time I looked at the prison, and I had a very different reaction. I looked at the prison, and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Yeah, a prison in Florida? You know, it's like a vacation. Right? You, get, you get like eight hours of sleep a night, easy, you know? You can catch up on your, your reading. You have time to work out. You know, you n- nothing to worry about. There's not like, you know, it's not like you have a meeting you have to do or a report that's due the next day. I'm like, that looks pretty good. So I, I get to the meeting and you're up there on the desk there with the to to do the, your your presentation. I'm sitting out there with the Boeing and the Lockheed guys and everybody else that's in the audience hanging on your every word. And I'm with a, uh, one of our vice presidents at SpaceX and I'm, and I'm sitting next to his vice president and I'm, and I'm telling him the story. I'm like, you know, I think this is getting to me. 
I'm like, I, I drove by the prison on the way here, and I'm looking at that thinking, like, that looks pretty good. And he looks at me, and he goes, you know, Reisman, that's okay. That, you're, you're, you'll be all right, you know. It's when you pass the cemetery and have that thought that then, <laughs> then you have to worry. <laughs> so on uh, 132, with you, it really was, we've said it a few times already. Uh, we said it in part one. You guys were a funny crew. I mean, I, we're funny astronauts here, but that crew, when it came out, it was like, holy cow. And Pierce, was, he was my astronaut classmate, a British guy. Uh, we talked in one of our other episodes, uh, Garrett, of how he, he actually cracked up the queen. Remember Bueno when we, when we, then we met the queen? And Pierce right. was there. He cracked up the queen. That's how funny this guy was. He made the queen laugh. And he used to make us laugh all the time. But you guys got to both fly. I never got to do that. You guys got to fly in space with Piers. And, of course, we lost him, unfortunately. Piers uh, passed a few years ago. Very young man. Very unfortunate. Uh, he got sick and uh, was terrible situations. But we still have his memory. So tell us a little bit about that guy. What it was like to be in space with him or train with him? Yeah, I'll, I'll start, Garrett, and then I'll let you uh, tell a story. Um, but what I remember about Piers is he was just so funny that – he, but it was just these quips. He was so quick. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine how he could come up with something about anything. You could just throw out a word like, you know, uh, tape or patch or, you know, just any random word. And he would have a, a quip about it within, you know, a millisecond. So I remember uh, that one of the cool things about the 132 crew, and I give credit to Ken Ham, our commander, for doing this, was we'd all flown. So there was no rookies on this flight. So he thought, well, let's all do something that we haven't done before. You know, let's just, um, you know, give people different experiences. Um, and Pierce was a great spacewalker and he had done several spacewalks, but, uh, but he wanted to give uh, some of us uh, a chance to do that, too. So we actually had three spacewalks and we had three spacewalkers. And then we did this round robin. Um, so but that left uh, between Garrett and Steve Bowen and I. But that mm -hmm. left Garrett out of the spacewalking. And he was a great spacewalker and he loved to spacewalk. So this was hard for him. But he was, you know, just a consummate professional. You're talking about so, Pierce. Pierce. Pierce, yeah. You said Garrett. Oh, did I say Garrett? No, I was com completely mistaken. He's. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, who was that guy out there? He's like, no. oh, hey, Pierce, I thought you were taller. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, all look the, we all look the same in the suit, I know. No, Pierce, Pierce was uh, was left out. So um, so Ken Ham asked Pierce, hey, I need you to do the robotic arm. You know, I need you to fly the, uh, the, the ISS robotic arm. And it was made by a, a Canadian company. And so you had to actually go to Canada to get the training over a couple weeks. And it was very intense um, in training. And so, you know, this is all coming down on Pierce like at once, you know, like Hawk is telling him, look, you're not going to do spacewalks. I really need you to be a robotic arm operator. You need to go to Canada where it's very cold <laughs> and for weeks and be up there and do this robotic arm training. And Piers just looked at him and said, all right, then I guess I better get a warm coat. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> you know? But that was it. He yeah. completely accepted it, but that's where he went. He's like, well, yeah. if I'm going to do this, uh, I'm going to do it right, but yeah. I better get a warm coat because I'm not going to be up there in Canada and freeze yeah. my butt off. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was just such a great guy. I mean, he, he was just so considerate and genial um, and, and kind. I mean, uh, 
I remember uh, one, 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 you know, I was really happy for him because one really good thing that happened uh, for him was we're up there. He and I had to do this robotics test together during this mission. So we're in the space station. We're in what's called a cupola, which is this incredible little room on the space station, which is like a dome uh, where you get a 360. It's like it's like it's like, a, a, you know, like half a sphere. So you get like a 360 view of the Earth, all these windows. We tell people who don't get to do a spacewalk that the view out that cupola is like just as good as the view we get when we spacewalk. It's, nah. it's not. Nah. <laughs> like, it makes them feel better. So don't, don't tell them. Uh, but uh, good thing. But none of them are listening. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just us. Good thing. It's just the only people listening are you and my mother, apparently. So, so we don't have to worry about the secret getting out, but, um, but we're in the, we're in this cupola and we're doing this task and we got a beautiful view, not as good as a view you get space, but still pretty good. And, the other magical th- the thing about it was we happened to have this particular orbit at this at this part of the mission where we were flying regularly over the UK uh, during orbital noon, meaning when it's lit up by the sun, when it's during the day. Okay, so we were flying over, at, like at, we would fly over England and then and then we'd come back around an hour and a half later. We'd be like over England again, and we got to see it multiple times. And here's a really You know, the gods were really smiling on Piers because not only were we in the cupola flying over England, where he was born, but there were no clouds, right? Which happens like one day a year. There's like one out of 365 days when this could possibly happen. But the entire UK was crystal clear, not a cloud in the sky. And and every time we passed over, he'd be like, oh, that's... That I can't do a British accent. Yeah, like, oh, that's where I had my first bowl of porridge. <laughs> you sound like oh, the Queen. Are you doing the Queen or what are you doing? You sound like a Smurf. <laughs> oh, look, there's the pitch where I played my first rugby match. <laughs> you know, heavens to Murgatory. <laughs> And it was so – he said it with such joy and such exuberance that I was so happy for him, you know, the first 10 orbits. But after a while, it started getting old. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that's where you had your first bowl of porridge. All right, I get it. <laughs> first bowl of porridge. <laughs> oh. Oh, I miss that guy. I really miss yeah, that guy. Yeah, great guy. Talladega Nights. Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he hated him. Oh, yeah. yeah, so you guys you guys got to switch around with your spacewalks. As you said, you got the 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 uh the last one. I don't know if it was the last one, but which one was it that you you two were together? It was just one out of the three then, right? The last one. The last yeah, it was one. The third. The third of three, yeah. I remember watching that thing, you know, from uh from the space center, uh watching you guys in action. And I remember Garrett had this on your checklist. A lot of things you guys did I thought was ingenious. Getting all you guys together. Mm-hmm. You did your crew photo at the ballpark or did one crew, mm-hmm. one of your crew photos at the ballpark. Yeah. You did your crew photo. Also yeah. the whole thing with astronaut Jones and those fancy jackets that you had. You know, you all got those really cool smoking jackets. That you, I think you, took, you wore them at the Christmas party one year. Right? Right. I, you yeah. got a lot of really good, yeah. really good fun things you guys did. But I remember you guys out spacewalking and seeing on Garrett's, uh, seeing what you guys did for the covers of your of your cuff checklist that we wear. You know, typically, it has like the mission patch or something. But you guys 
tell us, uh, you guys did something a little bit different on yours. How did this, so how did this happen? Because when I looked, I saw it. I was like, wow, that's pretty clever. I, I actually, I actually did it on my first, on my first spacewalk, on my first mission. Mm-hmm. I put a little Yankees logo on there just to represent, uh, the team, uh, while I was up there in space. And, um, and, uh, and then, uh, and that actually, uh, you know, I figured I can get free pizza because I go back to New York and I, if I show that picture that I would get complimentary slices. Did it so work? That was the whole reason I did it. But then. Did it work? Yes, it did. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then I was doing it again on, on 132 and then, and then Bueno saw me doing it. He's like, well, you know, if you're going to do that. So that's it. You put the Notre Dame thing on yours, right? Yeah. So I saw that you had the New York, you know, the NY for the Yankees. And you did it on your the first spacewalk. You went out with Steve Bowen, and then I thought, well, I can do this. And so I like get my pen and I put a big ND for Notre Dame on my cuff checklist. And you know, I didn't you know think that much about it. It was just to kind of like you said, part of flying in space is being able to take people with you, and that's the like a little way that you could take people with you. You know, all my friends from Notre Dame, and they were I knew they were following me. I actually had a like an email. Uh, log going with them and so i would send emails from space to this whole my all my classmates and uh so it was pretty cool but so when they saw that nd you know they they, we would catch it you know on the camera sometimes you know we had the helmet cameras Mm -hmm. so we would catch it and there were some pictures that were taken that uh, that ended up with it on there but uh i think the way we we were kind of pushing the envelope there a little bit you know we're probably uh you know, close to getting in trouble, but, yeah. but it was also think, like the last mission. We thought it might be the last mission for Atlantis. And so, you know, it was definitely going to be our last mission, you know, flying on the space shuttle. And we, I think we kind of knew that, yeah, we probably weren't going to fly again. So, um, I mean, we weren't trying to be irreverent, but it was just, yeah, we can lean forward here a little bit and just try to do something fun, you know? I do think they, they passed a rule when we got back that like nobody can do that again. But yeah. so we ruined it for everybody. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I'm but sure then, we but did. But then the other thing that we did that we got in trouble for a little bit was remember oh, we, yeah. we thought that for a while that we thought we were going to be the last flight of Atlantis, which is why we made this patch prominently featuring Atlantis and even wrote Atlantis, which is unusual on a, on a shuttle yeah. patch to write the there it is. Yeah. Look at that. I got both of you guys. We, See, you got this one and this one. Yeah. So we thought we were going to be the first. We thought we could be the last flight of Atlantis. Turned out we're the first last flight of Atlantis. So what we did when we were in in, uh, in space to commemorate this, we found a part of the flight deck that's really hard to get to on Earth when there's gravity. But in zero gravity, you could float back there in this recess and, and reach this spot. And we put our patch up there, a sticker, just a little sticker with this with this symbol. And we all signed it. We said, the first last flight of Atlantis. And we all signed our names and uh, and we thought that was kind of a neat little thing for, uh, yeah. to remember it by. But we got in trouble because we came back home and we figured they're never going to find that. It's like way back there. Somebody found it. Right. Oh. Somebody somebody actually found it. And they're like, well, you know, to, to keep it there, because we're going to launch the shuttle one more time. We got to change all the engineering drawings and Ooh. it's going to cost millions of dollars <laughs> to like change all the drawings and change all the, you know, all the configuration control. So we're gonna have to like scrape it off, and I'm like, it's a freaking sticker. <laughs> it's like a, it's a space shuttle. The sticker's not gonna take down the space shuttle. You really think like the mass properties are really gonna change that much because of one freaking sticker? You know, that's ridiculous. But they like it's a million dollars, so they so they scraped it off. But then I I don't know if 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 you know the end of the story here, Bueno. But what happened was 
when they rolled Atlantis into the visitor center. So today you can see Atlantis at the Kennedy Space Center and the visitors, it's on display. Yep. And when they rolled it back in there, one of these techs that, that knew this story climbed in there and looked in that spot and the patch is still there. Oh, so cool. they just said that they're going to script uh, it off. They never actually did. It's still oh, that's there. awesome. <laughs> yeah, we all signed it. So we had a Sharpie. And we we're like, this is the equivalent of like writing on the wall, you know, in, in yeah, gra- yeah. you know, in grammar school or something. Yeah. You know, you're going to get in trouble for this. But we yeah. figured, well, if it's the last time they fly and nobody's ever going to find this spot. But yeah. it turns out that they like tear the shuttle apart in between <laughs> flights and put it all back together again. So, yeah, somehow they they found it. But I, I always thought it's pretty cool because I like to go visit Atlantis there at, yeah. at the Kennedy Space Center. And I just imagine, yeah, like if we could go up there in that, you know, in the cockpit, our, you know, we signed that thing up there. So that's one day that we, we should go there together and, and see if we can convince the docents yeah. to let us in there and, 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 and have a look at it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, bueno, you flew on 125. You flew on Atlantis twice. So while you're up there and they look and put a 125 sticker up there, too. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. It doesn't no, count. So. <laughs> so, you know, I, so there's one other funny little story that, um, I just remembered, but so I flew on Atlantis twice, but my glasses just like this, <laughs> they flew on Atlantis three times. Whoa. <laughs> Mas- <laughs> Do you remember? I lost my glasses on the Hubble mission and I, you know, like they, they floated off cause up in space, you don't have to put, you know, you don't have to put things down on the table. You can just let go of them. And they float there. I remember you so lost. I took gr- off my. I remember you lost your grandfather's watch or somebody's watch. Yeah, we found that though. We were looking around, but we were looking around yeah. for it, and I remember we're like, "Where could it be?" And I remember, wait a minute, Mike, it's in here somewhere. You know, <laughs> I we, know. it's in. It. <laughs> Nothing can get out of this thing. It's in here. Then we found it in the airlock. I think. But what about so, remind me to go ahead. So yeah, I uh, I lost my glasses. You know, I let go of them. I'm doing something. I come back and. It's like they're gone. I'm looking around everywhere. <laughs> and we I searched that place everywhere and I couldn't find them, couldn't find them. So I walk off the shuttle and I tell Jerry Ross, you know, I'm like sheepishly, hey, Jerry, uh, you know, because you got to tell him. You got to yeah, own up. Of course. I said, hey, I lost my glasses in there. And I figured, well, they'll find them as they turn the shuttle around. They're going to find them. Yeah. They never found them. So the, the, the shuttle flies again on the next mission. I think Scorch was the commander. And when that one came down, so as they're getting it ready for Garrett and I to go fly it, they find a bunch of stuff that it was up behind like the dashboard. There's a, and one of the fans <laughs> for the displays and they show me this picture. There's a glasses, there's pens, pen, you know, all this wow. stuff, earplugs. There's one of Ray, Ray J's, you know, sleeping pills. Remember when he like <laughs> sent those everywhere? <laughs> so not they sent me, they found out, yeah. I get an email, I get an email with the picture of all this stuff and they go, yeah, are those your glasses? I go, they sure are. Can I get those back? And they gave them back to me. Wow. So they, my glasses flew on another mission, and then I took them with me on the on the 132 mission as well. So wow. my glasses got to fly three times. That's, That's amazing. Cool. That's a great story. That is yeah. a great story. Well, hey, Bueno, thank you very much for uh, for joining us, man. we got to let you go so that there'll be somebody left to actually be in the audience and, and watch these uh, podcasts. <laughs> Make sure you listen. <laughs> I Make promise sure I'll is. listen to all your other guests. Yeah. yeah. And like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Th- thanks a lot, Bueno. Right I really on. appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. thanks for joining us. This was it was great having you. This was this is you brought back a lot of really good memories. Yeah. And he's the link between us, Garrett. I think you're the only guy that not only flew with each of us, but also uh spacewalked with us. 
Yeah, I know. That's I would always said that Bueno was kind of like the missing link. He needs a link. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Right, it, thanks was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.